turn your Bibles to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Praise God. He is good. Amen. Amen. He's still in the soul-saving, life-changing business. Amen. As, uh, I'm not going to share my whole testimony this morning, but I'll say this. Oh, almost five years ago, October 21st, 2007, Jesus Christ changed my life. Eight or nine years, close to nine years, hardcore drugs and alcohol running from God, knew the truth, knew the truth of His Word, but had not united it by faith. I was the king. I was the master of my life. But I want to tell you, five years ago, God changed my life. He sought me out and He saved me. I haven't been the same since. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I'm thankful for what He did in Travis's life. As the pastor shared a little bit of his testimony with you this morning, I want to say this. Those friends and that family that you've been witnessing to, don't ever give up. Weeping may last through the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. You never know what God's doing. You know, over the uh, course, Travis got saved, I believe it was about five months ago. Travis, what day did you get saved? April 29th, Travis got saved. Over the last few years, he stopped by and talked to me. He'd come by my house. I'd witnessed to him for almost five years. I hadn't seen nothing. Friend, you never know what God's doing. Our part, you know, we never know what God's doing. That's why we just got to walk by faith, Christians, and do our part. Be spreading the seed. Be witnessing. But what are we witnesses of? What is a witness? What you have seen, what you have heard testifying. Hey, what you've seen, what you've heard, what He's done in your life, be witnessing. Be telling this lost and dying world that there is an answer, that there is hope. And His name is Jesus Christ. Amen? I thank God we've had powerful services here lately. In fact, I told Pastor Joplin this week, I just didn't want to come up here this morning and mess it up. We've had powerful services here, praise God. We've seen souls saved. And the pastor will tell you this this morning. We don't need, uh, uh, we don't need me. Uh, God is no respecter of man. And our pastor does a great job of doing this. What we need to do is get out of the way and just let him be God. And that's why he has moved in our services. And I'll say this. I'm thankful for the move of God we've had in our services. And it's been awesome. But we can't live off of last week's fire. We can't live off of yesterday. Here we are today, a new day. Amen. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. We never know how many times we're going to be able to do this. You never know how many times we're going to be able to come into a, a, the house of God here on this earth, be able to worship and praise Him, and have an opportunity to respond to Him. Amen. Today, I'm going to, as I pray... Uh, just pray along with me that God would anoint my lips and my tongue, that God would move in this place, that I'd get out of His way, that He would change lives, that He would change eternity and bear fruit today. Amen? Amen. Pray with me. Lord, we love You this morning. Thank You so much for Your faithfulness. Thank You for Your goodness this morning, God. God, we thank You so much that we've already felt Your presence in this place. We know that You're here. We know that You inhabit our praise. God, this morning we need You. God, help me to get out of Your way. Submit to You fully. Use me as a tool, a vessel, a weapon in Your hand. Uh, God, just use me to proclaim Your Word, Jesus. I ask You to anoint the Scriptures, the Word. Anoint the soil, God. Preach and proclaim to the spirits this morning. Save those that are lost. Revive, restore the Christian. Have Your way, God. We'll give You all the glory, all the praise. Amen. going to be doing a little bit of teaching, honestly, this morning. Uh, probably a little bit more teaching than some preaching at the end. You can follow along with me. I'm going to be reading a lot of Scripture this morning. That's okay. Praise God. 
I'll read in uh, Numbers chapter 13. We'll start. Um, I think I'll read about three verses. We'll skip to 25 and then go through verse uh, through chapter 14, verse 10. Let me give you a little bit of background of where we pick up on in our story in Numbers chapter 13. A very brief overview. God has sent Moses. God has sent Moses to uh, to set free the children of Israel. They've been in bondage. They've been in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. God sent Moses to set His people free. Uh, we know the great and powerful deliverance that uh, God did through Moses, uh, through leading the people out of Egypt, through the, through the land of Egypt, uh, by God's chosen people, the people of God Israel. We know about the ten plagues. We know that God took them through the, the Red Sea and we see the, the mighty hand of God. We see His power. We see Him deliver His people. He delivers them and leads them into the wilderness. And His plan is to take them to the promised land. Now, do you know why it was called the promised land? Because it was a land that was promised. Pretty deep stuff this morning. It was a promised land. That's why God who had chosen the promised land, the land of Canaan, a land flowing with milk and honey, He had given this to them as their promised land rest, as their inheritance, as their reward. He brought them out of bondage. They're in the wilderness. Okay, where we pick up on the story, they've been in the wilderness, I believe, around two years or less. They are on the doorstep of the promised land. They're on the doorstep of the land of Canaan, the land that God had promised that He would give them. The land that promised the land of promise that God had promised He would give them the victory, that He would grasp, give that to them if they would grasp onto it. Amen? That's where we pick up in our story. In our story, Numbers chapter 13, verse 1, we see they're on the doorstep of the promised land, and Moses is going to send out twelve spies to spy out the land. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1, follow along with me, or if you're as I do when I'm in the crowd, I just like to hear the story. Either way, Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send out for yourself men, so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. You shall send a man from each of their father's tribes, every one a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran at the command of the Lord, all of them, all of them men who were heads of the sons of Israel. Did you hear that? The twelve tribes of Israel. This is mil- uh, how many million people was it, Pastor? Millions, lots of people. The the tribes. Some of the tribes had a million alone, I believe. These were the tribes. Twelve men sent from each tribe, sent to spy out the land. Heads, leaders of the people. Verse twenty-five of chapter thirteen. Verse twenty-five. When they returned from spying out the land at the end of forty days. They proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Thus they told him and said, We went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of the Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites are living in the hill country, and the Canaanites are living by the sea, by the side of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, 
we should by all means go up and take possession of it. For we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone and spied it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. There also we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, are part of the Nephilim. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Ten more verses. Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. The people wept that night. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly of the congregation of the sons of Israel. Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, of those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. So we see here, they're on the doorstep, ready to grasp onto the land that God had already told them He was going to give to them. They send out the spies, go into the land. The spies come back and they say, guess what? It's the way God told us it was. It certainly does flow with milk and honey. It's just the way He said. But ten of the spies bring back a bad report. They say, we cannot take the land. Two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, two of the spies, they say, surely we can take the land. We see all the, the sons and daughters of Israel, they all wept that night in their unbelief. They believed the ten who came back and brought back a bad report. You know, the funny thing is, is we see these ten spies, they had already seen the power of God. They had already seen God move and do great things. I want to submit this to you this morning. The ten spies that brought back the bad report and said, we can't take it, they had no faith in God's Word. Now remember, these were leaders. These men, they, they seemed to be, um, they seemed to have it together. They were leaders. You would think that they would have a faith in God, especially after the great deliverance that they saw brought out of Egypt, brought out of slavery. They saw the ten plagues happen. They saw the Red Sea part. They walked through on dry land. And yet, God has promised them, He has told them, the victory's already been won. Why is that? Because if God gives the vision, He will always give the provision. Victory had already been won. All they had to do was go grasp onto it and believe what He had said. They didn't believe God's Word. They had a past tense faith and a future tense faith. And I want to submit to you, it's really not faith at all if you don't have a present tense faith. What He's saying, they didn't believe in their God today. They didn't really believe in His Word. 
You see, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. You know, it's real easy for them to say they had faith in what God had already done. It had already happened. I mean, of course, they knew it happened. They were there. I mean, that's not faith. They saw it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, bear with me in your imagination a little bit. I want to submit to you this morning. These men, they didn't bring back the report and say this. Well, I know that God said this. I know that God said that we can take the land, but we really don't have any faith and we don't trust in his word. That's not what they said. It probably would have sounded something like this. Listen, I know God has done great things in the past, okay? Looks like a past tense faith. I know God delivered us and did these great things. Yes, we believe in, in heaven and hell. Yes, we believe He's going to do these great things. But today, today, you know, He's given us wisdom and knowledge. He sent us out to spy out the land. Obviously, you know, you don't go lay down on the railroad tracks. I mean, God has given us wisdom. We don't want to be stupid. We've spied out the land and we can see that we cannot take the land. They didn't believe God. They didn't have a present day faith that today, God, you're on the throne today. God, your word said we can take the land. Praise God for the two men that brought back the good report. You know, doubt and unbelief always sees the storm. Doubt and unbelief always sees the natural. Doubt and unbelief sees how big Goliath is. Doubt and unbelief sees the water uh, that you can't, uh, where you just stay in the boat when the Lord says, come and walk. Doubt and unbelief sees the waters that they're just not going to part. You know what faith says? Faith says, God, in spite of the natural, I believe your word. Faith says, God, you spoke it. I believe it. Faith gets out the boat and walks on that water because God said so. Faith said, faith says to a shepherd boy with a little slingshot, you know what? My God is bigger. Goliath, you're big, but my God is much bigger. Faith sees the victory. Faith says, God, I believe your word in spite of my circumstances, in spite of the storm. Faith says, God, I believe your word in spite of everything else. These men did not have faith. They didn't have faith. It would have appeared to. They may have appeared to everybody else like they were leaders and heads involved in ministry. They probably went to church every week. They probably looked the part. Everybody else probably would have said, these men, these men of all people, they believe in God. But we see by their actions, they did not believe in the God of today. Friend, I want to tell you this. Our God is the same. He has not changed. Today's the day of salvation. Today, if you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Today, you must have a present day faith. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Told you I'm going to do a little bit of teaching before I do a little bit of preaching. Hebrews chapter 11. Excuse me, Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3 will be in verse 1. Now remember, Moses delivered the people from the land of Egypt. He had told the people that this was their land. So they're in the wilderness, they're on the doorstep, ready to grasp onto it. The victory's already been won. All they had to do was place their faith in God's Word, believe it, and grasp onto it. Now we're going to see here in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, 
I want to explain this to you. Moses was a type of Christ. There are several types of Christ in the Old Testament. The things in the Old Testament, we'll see here in Corinthians shortly, were written for our learning, for our instruction. Moses was a type of Christ, pointing forward to what Christ would do. A picture of Christ's deliverance. How, how is that, Branson? Here, we, let's follow along. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to Him. Now, this means God being faithful to Jesus. Listen. Verse 2. He was faithful to Him who appointed Him. Listen. As Moses also was in his house. For he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, by just so much as the builder of the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house whose house we are, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. Okay, we see Moses is a type of Christ. Let me explain. As Moses led the people from, the, uh, from bondage, set them free, they were brought into the wilderness, okay? And this is before the wilderness wanderings. They're on the doorstep. It's been less than two years since they've been brought out of bondage. They're brought into the wilderness, and now they are told, Grasp on to the victory that's been won. Grasp on to the land that I've promised you. Grasp on to the promised land rest I have given you. Jesus, bear with me for a minute. Let me finish. Jesus set us all free from the bond of Egypt, bondage of Egypt. Jesus died on the cross and paid for the, all the sin of the entire world. Jesus died and took care of everybody's sin. In a sense, understand what I'm saying. Not everybody's born again. I'm not saying that. Not everybody's born again. But at the cross, Jesus set us all free from sin. At the cross, Jesus paid the price for every single person in this place. Whether you're saved or not in this place today, your sin has been paid for. Your sin's been paid for. The, 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 blood, the, uh, the blood of the Lamb who was slain, Jesus Christ, has paid for your sin, whether you're saved or not. As Moses led the people of Egypt, Jesus died on the cross. And we are in that place. Brings us to a place. Now He says, here's a promised land. Rest. Grasp onto it. By faith. By faith in My Word. Believe Me and grasp onto what I've given you. This is salvation. This is salvation. You see, God gives us a free choice. He doesn't make us believe Him. Praise God. He already did His part. Amen? You must be saved. I tell you this morning, you must be born again. You must be saved. So, as Christ has taken us and paid for the sin of the entire world, He has given us a free will, a free choice. You're in this wilderness place of life. And to be saved, to be born again, to grasp onto the promised land rest, to grasp onto the victory that's already been won, you must place your faith in His Word. You must place your faith and trust in what He has said. You must repent of your sin and be born again. We see Moses was a type of Christ. Follow along with me. Verse 7. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me. 
as in the day of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tried me by testing me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with this generation and said, they always go astray in their heart and they did not know my ways as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brethren. Listen. Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers with Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance, firm until the end. While it is said, today if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts when they provoked Me. For who provoked Him when they had heard? Indeed, did not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? And, and with whom was He angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did He swear they would not enter His rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. Friend, I want to submit this to you today. Many, many today are like the spies, are like that generation of Israel. You believe in Jesus. You know He died on the cross for you. Like the people, you believe. You were there. You know. You know that He brought the people out of the land of Egypt. You say that you believe in God. We go to church. We know the books of the Bible. We know Scripture. We know the right answers. The Bible says because of their disobedience and their unbelief, they were not able to enter. Faith and works always go together. Cannot separate the two. Disobedience and unbelief, they always go together. You cannot separate the two. The ten spies and that entire generation of people in their unbelief were not able to enter into the promised land rest. And God was not pleased with them because of their unbelief. Friend, the same is true today. There is many like the ten spies. You come to church every single week. You believe that God died. You believe that Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You believe He's the answer. You believe He died on the cross. You believe you have a past tense faith. You believe Sunday, of course, there's heaven. He's going to come back. But today, you don't have faith in His Word. And it proves in the unbelief of your heart. I preached to you this morning, take care, every single one of us, that there not be an evil, unbelieving heart. These things I'm teaching were written for our instruction. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, listen, Jesus says, Many shall say on that day, Lord, Lord. Many, meaning most, many shall say on that day, Lord, Lord. They know His name. They know who He is. Many shall say on that day, Lord, Lord. And He will tell them, depart from Me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. These things were a picture for us. An example, an instruction for our learning. This morning, I want to ask you this simple question. Have you been born again? 
Have you truly been saved and set free? Are you like these men? You know that God is real. You believe, listen, you can go to hell and believe Jesus is the answer. You can believe He's the King of Kings. You can believe He died on the cross. You can believe all those things. You can even say a prayer. You can go to church and you can die in unbelief and spend your eternity in hell. I tell you this morning, that's not God's will for you. God loves you this morning. I tell you this morning, God sent His Son to die that we might be changed, that we might be born again. You know, many of this, I believe this truly, we have so much, our culture, we have so much religion. So much religion, so much knowledge. You read the Gospels, the Pharisees, they knew so much and they rejected Christ to His face. Let me ask you this. Can you say this? I'm not asking if you have it all figured out. Can you tell me a day and a time where the old, your name, the old person, the old man, the old woman, tell me about the day the old man died. If I point at you right now, could you stand up and say, on this day, the old man died. On this day, I was born again. I was changed. Church, I want to tell you this morning, on October 21st, 2007, I came in this place and my life was changed. God set me free. I thought it was a ball and chain to give it all to Him. But I was wrong. I was deceived. He set me free from my sin. And guess what? I knew the books of the Bible. I'd heard good preaching. I'd heard the Word. I knew that He was on the cross. I knew that He was the answer. But He was not the King of kings. He was not the Lord. He was not the Master of my life. And my life proved it. Disobedience and unbelief always go together. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15, verse 7 and 8, to the Pharisees, you hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. This is the same today. People honor God with their lips, but their heart is far from Him. You may have everybody else fooled. You don't have God fooled. You may look like a tribe, one of the, the, the leaders of the tribe. You may be in ministry. You may teach. You may know God's Word. You may look to have it together in front of everybody else. But you've never been truly born again. You can't say a day and a time. The old me died that day. The Bible says in Galatians 2.20, For I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. It's a spiritual thing happens. The old man dies. You are born of spirit. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. When you, when you change, you repent of your sin. And it brings about a changed life. With the heart, a person, excuse me, with the heart, a person believes. With the mouth, he confesses. God works from the inside out, not the outside in. God has changed your life. I want to say this. If God has truly changed your life, not only will it be evident, it is evident. Jesus said a tree is known by its fruit. Your life speaks every single day. Your life speaks every single day. Can you look God in the face and say, I have made you the King and the Lord and the Master of my life. You have changed me and I serve you. You are my King. You are my God. You are my Lord. I repented of my sin. You forgave me and I've never been the same since. Can you say that? Because many... Many look like these ten spies. Many are religious. Many shall say on that day, Lord, Lord. You see, when He said, depart from me, I never knew you. That word knew is an intimate word. It means a relationship. 
You can be like Judas Iscariot. You think Judas Iscariot didn't believe in Jesus? He saw him do miracles. When Jesus washed the, washed the feet of the disciples, Judas was there. Jesus washed the feet of Judas. Love your enemies. How many baskets were left over when Jesus fed the 5,000? Twelve. Guess what? It was a miracle. Guess what? He fed Judas Iscariot. I'm not asking you if you believe that God exists. That's a step. Praise God. The demons believe. James, James chapter 2. The demons believe He exists. I'm not asking you if you believe He exists. I'm not asking you if you know that He's real. I'm not asking you if you've even maybe seen the power of God in your life before, seen Him do something. I'm asking you this. Have you been saved? Have you been born again? If this is our last service, if this is the last day that we're ever here, if God comes back here in ten minutes, can you stand before Him? Will you, will you know that you'll be born again? Will you be like this evil, unbelieving generation? You've got to, everybody else. It appears that you, you know God. It appears that you love Him and serve Him. It appears you have a, a past tense and a future tense faith. Today's the day of salvation. Is He your God right now? Because I want to tell you this. God can come back today. He could. God can come back before the service is over. And even if He doesn't, and even if He doesn't come back for another thousand years, friend, it is appointed unto man once to die than the judgment. You will die. You will die. And you, you know, all of us think that we're going to live to the ripe old age of 107. I know. The fact is, we may not. The fact is, uh, this may be the last sermon I ever preach. The fact is, this may be the very last time that God has knocked on the door of your heart. This may be the very last time God has knocked on the door of your heart and said, I'm giving you one more chance because I love you. You know, that's why God died on the cross. You know why that's why God sent His Son? Because He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. He loves us. In Deuteronomy, His Word says, you know what He says? I brought you out to bring you in. God, He's already chosen you. He's already paid the price for you. Grant Ledbetter, I love that song he sings. He says, even while the blood was still warm on his brow, Jesus was thinking of me. Jesus was thinking of you. The Son of God, you were on His mind. He died to set you free. He's given us a free choice, though. He's given us a free choice. He won't make us. We're in that place. Friend, broad is the way to destruction. Narrow is the way to life. There's few who find it. Are you one of those people that if you died today, you'd stand before Him and say, Lord, Lord. You may have church or religion all figured out. You may have been your whole life. You may have come to church every single week. Friend, I want to tell you this. Those are great things. But that doesn't matter if you haven't placed your heart, if you have not given Him your life. I'm telling you, many today are like the ten spies. Many today are like the ten spies. Follow along with me. Chapter 4. Uh, three verses. Two verses. Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, let us fear if, while a promise remains of entering His rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. For indeed, now listen to this. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith. 
in those who heard. I'm going to read that verse again. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us, just as they also, but the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith in those who heard. Friend, praise God for the truth of His Word. Praise God for the truth of teaching and preaching. Amen? I want to tell you this this morning. If you have not united God's Word by faith in your heart, the truth, it has profited you nothing. It's done nothing. Have you united God's Word in your heart? God's Word and faith, has it been united in your heart? You know, God had been so good to the children of Israel. You know, in this time and place, He had given them the water from the rock. He had given them manna. Manna from heaven. He had fed them. He had taken care of them. You know, I want to submit this to you. Even if you're not saved in this place, we have been blessed by God. God's been good to us. He gave them the manna. He gave them the water. You know God loves you. Even when you reject Him in your unbelief, thank God, God, He died for the ungodly. God died for sinners. When I rejected Him with my life, He still took care of me. When they rejected them, when they rejected God and their unbelief, He still fed them manna and water knowing they were going to reject Him. Has not God done the same for you? How many of you have children in this place? You know the Bible says children are a gift from the Lord. Is there anybody in here that's completely blind today? Is there anybody in here that's completely deaf? Is there anybody in here that your legs don't work? Friend, we have been blessed. God's been so good to us. And even if you don't have those things, ask our friend Jacob Berry with muscular dystrophy that's in a wheelchair that will never walk. Ask him how good our God is. Ask Is it Nick Buyasek? I got it right. Praise the Lord. Nick Vujicic. Look him up on YouTube. He's from Australia. No arms and no legs. Read it. Watch. Get on YouTube. Nick Vujicic. I think I said it wrong. Praise God. I did it three times right. Look on YouTube. Look him up. He's got no arms and no legs. You ask him about the goodness of God. You ask him if our God has been merciful. You ask him if our God has blessed us. Friend, we are blessed. God has been so good to us. We owe Him our lives. He has paid the ultimate price. He has paid for you and for me. You know, I was thinking about even my children. I already mentioned that our children. You know, the, the Bible says, I believe it's in Psalm 127 or 128. You know, the Bible says the children are a gift from God. Friends, God has been good to us. He has. Well, you know, while we rejected Him, I look back at my life. While I rejected Him, you know, I, I knew the Scripture. I knew the Word. I knew all those things. I actually believed I was saved because I'd said a prayer, which is not true. If I'd have died five years ago, I'd be burning in the flames of hell today. And I'll tell you why. Because I rejected Jesus Christ and my life spoke it. My life proved it. My life showed. My life spoke to who's the King of my life. My life spoke who's the Lord of Lords of my life. And the Lord and the King of my life was Branson Sears. That's who was the King of my life. And I lived it out each and every day. Friend, God's been good to us. Amen? We have truly been blessed. Turn to Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 
First Corinthians chapter 10 says this, For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with, with most of them, God was not well pleased, for they were laid low in the wilderness. Verse 11, Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Listen, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. In Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. So we see this morning that God, He loves us all. He set us all free through the power of the cross. But He has given us a free will, a free choice. And by faith, we must place our lives. By faith, we must uh, trust in His Word. We must repent of our sin to be forgiven. We We will be changed. We know that God has written these things for our example. God has written these things for our instruction this morning. And Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says this, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Listen, for with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Verse 13, for whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Friend, I want to tell you this this morning. Call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. But I want to tell you this as well. There's more to it than just saying a prayer. There's way more to it. You know, the devil, the devil quoted Scripture to Jesus word for word. In Matthew chapter 4, the temptation of Christ. Friend, I want to submit this to you. A half-truth is a whole lie. The world, the lukewarm church has done this today. What we have is the half-truth, and it's just a whole lie is what it is. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Friend, that is 100% true. But you cannot take away the truth of Scripture. Verse 10, For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Did you hear that? With the heart. I said God works from the inside out. With the heart... With the heart we believe, and it results in righteousness. And then with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. The lukewarm church and the enemy has tried to strip this scripture and make and tried to really make it a half truth. Well, call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Well, did you say that prayer? You know, this terrifies me when I was young and at a camp. I had somebody come forward and I said, Sir, I'm questioning my salvation. This is a young lost boy who's 14 or 15 years old. If I die, I'm going to go to hell. I'm coming forward and I'm telling him, Sir, I'm not sure if I'm saved. I'm having questions. He said this, Well, did you call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved? Did you say this prayer? Did you mean it with all your heart? Well, then you're saved. Don't question that. Friend, I want to submit to you this morning and tell you the authority of God's Word. It is more than just a prayer. It's more than call upon the name of the Lord. Well, the part, he says, with the heart a person believes, what's the result? With the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. The result of your heart changing. The result of the Holy Spirit coming into your life. The result of the old man dying, being born again. The result is righteousness. The result is a changed life. 
Have you been born again this morning? I'm not asking you if you've said a prayer. I'm not asking you if you've been down to an altar. I'm not asking you if you even believe in Jesus. I'm asking you, can you tell me a time and place where you were born again, where you were set free, where you repented of your sin, turned from your wicked ways, and turned and you were following Jesus today? Do you have a present tense faith today? Is He the King and the Lord of your life today? Today is the day of of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as they did in the wilderness. Have you really been born again? Truly. Is He truly the Master of your life? Yes, call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Yes, that is true. But have you done it in your heart? Jesus said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Have you given Him your heart? Are you born again? Is He the King of your life? If not, friend, I tell you, God loves you. God loves you. And I want to tell you this. The teaching He gives this morning, the preaching, His Word is for a reason. He said, these things I have written as an example. These things are instruction. They are for us, for our learning. I want to tell you this this morning. God does not want you to be left in the dark. And I believe this through the power of God's Word. I believe this. You, nobody in this place can leave today and you'll be able to stand before God and say, I didn't know. You know, he said, he said they had the good news preached to them too. But it profited them nothing because it was not united by faith. Have you placed your faith in a supernatural God and said, you know what, I don't understand it all. But I believe God's Word. I believe what you've spoken. And this morning, I'm ready to unite God. I'm ready to unite your word with my faith. I'm ready to place my faith and my trust in your life, into you. I'm ready to place my life into your hands. This morning, I want to ask you this. If you need to be saved, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? You think God didn't bring you here for a reason? You think it's not the hand of God that brought you to this very place? As our worship team comes, do you think that God has not seen your life? You know, I was lost for almost, I was lost for 25 years. I want to say this. I thought I was alone that whole time. I, I thought I was alone. There's broken family. It happened when I was young. I thought I was alone. It always felt like I was alone. I always wondered, God, where are you? Why would you let this happen? I didn't like church people. A bunch of hypocrites and fakes, all I've seen. That's the truth. God, where are you? But friend, the day that I got saved, He took off the blinders. And I, He had always been there. He had always loved me. But I was blind and I could not see it. I once was blind, but now I see. And I realized, you know what? A bunch of religious fakes had Christ crucified on that cross. Don't reject Jesus Christ because of a bunch of religious fakes. Don't have an unbelieving heart because ten people who don't have faith in God come back with a bad report. Don't place your faith in a bunch of religious people. Get your eyes off of the storm. Get your eyes off of everybody else and look unto Jesus. He wants to save you. He wants to set you free. And this morning, He's not trying to step on your toes. This morning, He's not trying to tell you, look, I told you you're not saved. He brought you here to say, I love you. In Deuteronomy, He says, I brought you out to bring you in. 
Place your faith in His Word. Grasp onto the promised land. Rest that He has given you. The victory's already been won. It's already been won because He said so. There's a promised land. Rest here. Friend, I'm a testament of it. I'm a witness of it. He's changed my life. I'm born again. I'm set free. I don't have to drink and do drugs anymore. I don't have to do those things because He healed me. I don't want to anymore. I always thought it would be such a ball and chain to come to church, to do this, to read our Bibles, to show up to prayer meeting. God, what if I want to drink sometimes? What if I want to do that? Friend, He'll set you free from that. And I can try and explain it to you. I can try and show it to you. I can try and tell you, but only the power of God can show it to you. Only God opens eyes of the blind. This morning, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart. Today is the day of salvation. Place your trust and your faith in God's Word today, while it's still called today. Because you are not Have mercy on me, O God. According to your steadfast love, sin has raised its head once again, and I did not stand in the power that you've given, creating me a clean heart, O oh God. Spirit within me, where you alone can fully redeem, you alone can lift me up from the
my contrite heart And this is all my shame Being poured out before the cross And this is where mercy abounds And this is where I am set free And this is where forgiveness Is poured out on me And this miracle called choices I've made and this is where his blood covers every one of my mistakes where brokenness meets healing and guilt is overwhelmed by the truth that God's love can reach beyond where I can fail this is my broken spirit. This is my contrite heart. And this is all my shame being poured out before the cross. And this is where mercy abounds. And this is where I am set free. And this is where forgiveness is poured out on me. This miracle called Calvary. This miracle called Calvary.